0: Thanks for tuning in to Power Athlete Radio featuring The Crew, where a former pro football player and a D3 All Star use strength and conditioning as an excuse to talk about anything but. Now, here's John and Tex.
1: Hey Power Athlete Nation, welcome to another episode of Power Athlete Radio. I'm joined by Mr. Chris McQuilkin. Howdy. And Dr. Matt Zanis.
2: What's up? Thanks
1: for stopping by, Doc. Appreciate it. Yeah, Great. We're going to bang out episode 529 of Power Athlete Radio, where we ask and answer questions from our hotline, usually. And if you're interested in leaving us one, you can hit us on the hotline at 929-464-464. Zero. 929 929-ing-ing. Zero. Yeah, and you can leave them there. And we've decided to take a slight detour and we've asked Dr. Zanis to provide us some questions from some of his coworkers that we can answer here on Power Athlete Radio for you. Mm. So the first two were a little esoteric. Yeah. I mean, we were um, you know, kind of big picture kind of stuff, but in the vein of Derek Woodsky, let's get specific. Let's, what can people take away? We're gonna get very, very specific right now. We're getting granular. Oh, I'm in, mm, I'm in. Yeah. I like the micro.
2: Yeah, because peptides are pretty granular, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're just a, a small little molecule of a protein, right? So we have a question from actually a good friend of ours. Mr. Johnny Custer. Oh, nice, Johnny C. Yeah, and he wants to know, with peptides, what role do you guys see them playing in the next five to ten years as more data comes out on their usage? Do you think as a whole we're falling too much in the cult of citation desperately needed and writing off or ignoring positives tied to things like peptides or positive placebo?
1: Um, I would say the peptides are not placebo. Um, We've had a couple different podcasts on peptides. We had the one with Dr. Calvo and Dr. Parsley's, uh, you know, 99th level wizard on peptides uh, at, you know, with all his knowledge and whatnot. But I really believe that uh, we're going to see some really interesting, not only healing health and performance type stuff coming out of peptides. I mean, just the effect. I took uh, BPC-157 during my shoulder injury when I was coming back from my shoulder surgery. And the effects in my shoulder were dramatically better than what the surgeon ever uh, expected. Now, I don't know if I would have gotten those same results without it, but I wasn't willing to take a chance. I mean, if there was something, and the BBC, I think it's body-protecting compound, actually helps with uh, inflammation and has been very beneficial and shown to heal soft tissue injuries. And uh, it's been pretty good.
2: Yeah, it's like a risk-reward ratio, right? Like you weren't willing to go without that benefit. And yeah. there's no harm in, in doing so either, right? So yeah. uh, why the, not?
1: The, the other one, too, is there's some really interesting secretagogues for growth hormone. So in the past, when they were prescribing uh, exogenous growth hormone, um, like uh, people were developing antibodies uh, against it, and then actually to the point where your body was you know forming some autoimmune issues against growth hormone. They found that actually using the peptides in the secretagogues, like uh, Tesmerellin and ipamorellin and a few others, uh, stimulating your body's own natural production which dramatically uh, better effects and less and uh, more healthier and not necessarily running into the same problems that we're getting into mm-hmm. with people using exogenous growth hormone.
2: Yeah. I think before we get any deeper into all this peptide talk too it would be good to just explain maybe what they are in general. Right. Uh,
1: peptides are just protein chains. Yeah. Um, and what they've done is they've figured out through some pretty extensive uh, research and testing and you know they have a ton of stuff that they're different chains of different proteins have different effects on the body. Um so I mean in like the peptide if you were to look at a list of peptides I mean the amount of systems and different things that it covers is like an endless amount to the point where you know you have uh you know you go to a cosmetic or um I guess you could, what is it like a dermatologist for example mm-hmm. and there's uh, different peptides that they're using to inject to uh, you know uh, to get rid of lines and doing improve health on the face. And I mean, so they're using it for cosmetic reasons. I mean, there's, uh, things that, um, you know, if you, you know, tune into what's the guy, um, that we always love reading the reviews from his podcast.
2: Ben Greenfield. Oh, yeah, Ben
1: Greenfield. Like he's, he's a big proponent and has done a ton of stuff on peptides. I mean, there's literally a, probably a peptide associated with everything from, uh, you know, uh, telomere length. I mean, this, I mean, it, it's pretty much an endless, endless deal. I mean, the, the podcast we had with Calvo, he got into a few of those things, but even in just in the last couple of years, like whatever I talked to Parsley about it, he'll always come in and we, you know, we saw him today and he's like, dude, there's new peptides coming out every single day. I mean, the research is pushing so far in terms of like health and performance and
0: whatnot that I like, this is like the next big thing. So how can people go about, do they search a specific problem that they have to find a good peptide, or I,
1: I always recommend. Um, I'm not a big fan of like the cowboy stuff where you just go on the internet and figure out what some dudes doing on a Reddit site and then ordering it for some like some random thing that shows up like that. No, that that stuff kind of makes me nervous because one, you can never control purity, and also like you don't know what's in it. So, um, like dealing with like a guy like a doctor, like a like like Doc Parsley or you know Calvo or some of the other people, you know people that have actually. MDs study this stuff and are kind of understanding the usage. I think becomes really pretty paramount. I would just not order something off the internet and decide to inject that into your body. No, I would. No. <laughs> I would like, like, like I mean, I know that goes without saying, but like, there's like that. No, it doesn't, doesn't. I mean, people do that stuff, and I'm like, man, I think that's really pretty cavalier and kind of stupid. Like you don't know, uh, like there's no control over that stuff. So
2: well, I, I think we have to acknowledge that there are people out there that are doing that. So <laughs> well, it's I, it's kind of like the same people that do other stupid shit, and that's Darwinism at its finest.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, uh, I mean, a quick Google, and I got best peptides for men, and then we're <laughs> broken down into categories. We got what do we uh, got? This is an example: CJC one two nine five four. The following: fat loss increases lean muscle mass, better lipid profiles. Better deep-wave sleep. Next up, BP-157 does the following. Improves healing types of wounds. Stomach ulcers. So, like, this is a uh, a listicle of three. Yeah, I mean, Derek was talking about using it for his wound uh, wound
1: healing. It was actually when I had my shoulder surgery. uh, I reached out to Derek, and he's like, hey, this worked really well in terms of healing up faster from, like, what he had had going on. Um, he had a deal where he ruptured his Achilles, and we talked about it in the last, you know, recent podcast, and then it re-ruptured, and then basically the skin didn't close to the point where they were like, if this skin doesn't, if the wound doesn't close, we're going to have to amputate the like the whole back of your leg. And so he ended up, like, making this, like, paste out of Manuka honey and injecting a bunch of BPC in it, and all of a sudden it ended up, ended up closing, and he ended up saving himself, so that was that was good. Yeah, but,
0: and his doctor, uh, it was pretty funny, like, curious, yeah. uh, what'd you do? Because I couldn't prescribe that for you ever, but it's good to know.
1: Yeah, that can works. you write that down? Yeah. Because uh, I guess like one of the largest drains on healthcare is like wounds that don't heal, which I, I was not aware of. But uh, just going through some of the just the ancillary stuff and not to say I'm an expert in any peptides. Um, But what I tend to do is uh, I I defer to people that are smarter than me on a lot of this stuff. But whenever I read any of the research on any of the peptides, because they always do have some like clinically research where they've tested it on, you know, rat models and whatnot. You always have to go back and try to figure out like, okay, what's the dosage that they got where you saw this effect? Now, what's the dosage you're selling? So a lot of times, like, uh, uh, you know, case in point, it'd be like, hey, um, you know, uh, if you drank three beers that are 10 percent alcohol. Right, which is kind of high. Damn, um, I want that beer. Right, you're gonna be smashed. Right, uh, okay, but alcohol, so this beer gets you hammered, and then all of a sudden you're just selling like people a bunch of like one percent near beers of that same deal, and it's like, well, how many of these do I have to drink to find that same thing for three beers? You know, now all of a sudden I got to drink X amount. So I, I I think a lot of times uh, when they sell a lot of this potency, when you start looking at these things, I think that there's like, well, like what was the amount they were using to drive the Uh, effect that you're claiming and Mm -hmm. versus what I'm getting as an individual. So that's kind of always my question.
2: Well, it's all context dependent, right? Because what I would need is going to be totally different than somebody like you. And all these individual characteristics have to be talked about too because we all metabolize things differently. And like me personally, I metabolize stuff so fast, so fast, so quickly. Like caffeine, you can drink it until like 5 o'clock at night and go to bed and be totally fine. Dude, I could drink a
1: pot of coffee and go to bed. Yeah. Zero problem with it.
2: But, you know, somebody like Tex might be a little bit different. And then he's up all night. Real sensitive. Are real you real sensitive, sensitive to coffee?
1: Uh, not as sensitive as Mr. Luke Summers, but. Well, you know what? Like two years ago, he had a cup of coffee, and he's still up complaining about it. <laughs> <somewhere>. <laughs> he's like, oh, I shouldn't have had that coffee two years ago. Like the dude doesn't metabolize that stuff at oh. all. And uh, to the point where like, I bet hey, you want to get a coffee. He's like, it's uh, 10 in the morning. I'm like. What do you mean? He's like I I, I can't drink coffee past seven AM. I'll be up for fucking like two weeks. Like that was uh uh like this that's,
2: nervous system's like all all the way up here. <laughs> As you know.
1: Uh but th- that's a that's a real problem. I mean people metabolize alcohol different ways. Mm-hmm. So I mean I think mm-hmm. with a lot of this stuff, I I really wonder if the people that are taking this are actually getting the benefits, like real benefits. Um, you know.
0: So I don't know. Th- I mean would does it pay to buy avoid name brands and just go to the generic because you'll get a better? Or is it? I don't. I don't know
1: why. Well, I, I, well, so the f, I, I don't believe that the peptides are necessarily approved. Like I, I know there's FDA pharmacies that produce peptides, but I don't know if any of it has actually ever been approved for human consumption. Inter, well, well, the, like I, maybe some of them are. I, I don't uh, know. I'm, I'm talking f- out my ass.
0: The vital proteins, like the brand of collagen, I take that, and they're. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, I mean, collagen peptides are, like, yeah. on the product in which I consume. So the
1: uh, um, I saw, like, uh, you, you know, things pop up on Instagram. And, uh, like, one of the ads was um, um, for, like, some, uh, I don't know, dermatology clinic. And they do, like, peptide injections into the face for, mm-hmm. like, the dermatology microabrasion thing. Like, I was watching this machine. And they were, like, lasering. I'm like, what the fuck is that? And then they went through and they and were injecting things. And I was like, oh. And then they showed the before and after. I didn't notice that. Like, I was like, I, I can't tell the difference, but like maybe, who knows?
2: Well, that's the cool, intriguing part about the peptides is that it can be used for so many different things, right? And they're, the role of them, from my understanding of it, I'm like you, I'm not an expert in it either, um, but it, they're more of like messengers, right? So they communicate to the cells what to do. Like, do we want to grow collagen or elastin? Do we want to grow stuff that helps? reinforce our tendons or our ligaments and so, or menisci in the knee. So all the shock absorption. Um, but what it comes down to is, is how well they are actually communicating that information, which, you know, we have to talk about delivery inside the body, how much like it's metabolizing and being processed. But then also I kind of put the peptides in the same boat as say something like PRP mm-hmm. or prolo. These are just substances that we're injecting, let's say into a joint to hopefully have an effect but it's just like laying the groundwork, like laying the foundation, but the actual value comes from you, the person Mm -hmm. that are injecting into and how you are communicating with those cells, what to do through movement and through force. Because we're having a conversation here, we just had a a beautiful podcast about communication Mm -hmm. and we're communicating using the English language. The language of our cells, the language of our body is force which is interesting, right? Because if you inject something like a peptide or a prolo or a PRP or something into like, let's say, um, the knee joint, for example, if you don't ever change the way that the knee is actually experiencing force and load through stimulation with the ground, because we're only working with gravity and ground reaction forces, that makes it pretty easy from a physics standpoint. You're never going to get the change that you want, Mm -hmm. because you have to stimulate those peptides in a way that tells them to let's say, Hey, we're going to differentiate into meniscal meniscal cells or into Ligament cells are into for the face, for example, collagen and elastin.
0: Yeah, we did go into some of that in Dr. Keith Barr's episode 352. Mm -hmm. It's cool. He's the one researching all that. Yeah, no,
1: he's uh, there. I mean, I I really think the peptide stuff is in its infancy. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I think there's some really good information. Um, But the problem is, is I think that there becomes like now there's like a, you know, peptide for everything. Like I'm sure Mm -hmm. like they're just adding. It's like an endless amount. So then, as a as a consumer or as a you know individual that's looking at them, how do you navigate that? I mean, do you get on Ben Greenfield's podcast and <laughs> listen to all his stuff? You know, and who knows, maybe some podcast or some peptide manufacturers paying him to push that. So I think there's some interesting stuff. I think if uh, if you're interested in peptides, you should reach out to. You know, a clinical doctor or somebody that actually does the research and prescribes that and can give, give you a, a clear understanding of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a really interesting thing. I always thought uh, PRP was bullshit, and I, was, uh, I had it done on my knee before mm-hmm. and on my shoulder, and it wasn't until I went out and I saw uh, Dr. Philip Yu, who is one of the guys that trained in our gym at Balboa. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's like one of the foremost experts now in the world. I mean, so much so that Inclodon went out and had Doc Yu treat him because the way he's doing it is so unique. So what he's doing is he's actually taking a blood sample and then he's analyzing your blood uh, to figure out what your platelet count is. So And then they're taking, uh, they have an algorithm with some like AI that basically tells them how much blood to take to spin down. So before they would just take a standard amount, spin it down, but we don't know, there was no platelet count. Mm -hmm. So he actually started analyzing the platelet count in like a, a blood sample. And then based off of their AI, it'd be like, we need to take you know, I don't know, uh, 30 cc's, let's say of blood off that individual to spin that down to get a high enough platelet count to drive the adaptation and the change that we're looking for. And so that was the first time I'd ever heard that. And he's like, well, yeah, how do you know what your platelet count is? Like, what if your platelet count's high and there's low and you take the same amount, your one person's going to get an effect and it doesn't. So that was kind of like, um, like with the peptides or with anything, uh, I think if you're going to do these things and spend money and try these procedures or whatnot, you should have some way to be able to say, all right, like in, and so like with, the, or with the, uh, the PRP, go see a guy like Doc Yu, mm-hmm. and be like, okay, how much are you taking, what does it look, and just be very kind of systematic and very intelligent about it, opposed from just going down the street and, oh yeah, let's do PRP, well how much of blood are you gonna take, I don't know, I got a syringe, we'll take as much as we can. I mean, mm-hmm. so I, I like that kind of piece of like, hey, we did this, this is what we did, what are we gonna do next time, how does that all work? And I think with some of the peptide stuff, uh, if there's a real problem, like, for example, you get your blood work and your growth hormones off, or, di- you know, there's different things to fix. I think there's different ways to address these things with peptides. But just going on and, like, reading the effects and being like, well, that seems like a cool one. Let me take that. I, don't dis- I disagree with that.
2: It's like throwing darts and seeing yeah. what sticks, right? Yeah, it, yeah. It's like the bro
1: supplement deal. Yeah. Like, hey, bro, what supplements are you taking? All right, I'm taking the same ones.
2: And that, that's the, uh, I like more the holistic approach to it like you were just describing like the more specific and granular you can get i think the better for your particular injury or whatever you're experiencing but then also asking the deeper question of why do you need them in the first place Mm -hmm. right i think that's something that the blood work can help answer as well and then i also work with a naturopath out in in scottsdale where he won't put an injection into somebody whether that be the peptides the prp the prolo without them having a consultation with me first Mm. Right? Because we have to ascertain what are the functional limitations that you're dealing with, what's the source of this movement, dysfunction, the compensations, the impairments that are leading to, let's say, your joints degenerating. Yeah. Right? But then also from the standpoint of how are you actually executing it? Like There are guys that I think that they're doing this where they are like throwing darts and just like, hey, we're going to just inject this into your shoulder versus somebody who takes something like an ultrasound-guided machine yeah. and knows exactly where they're putting it based on what structure that they see that needs it.
1: So when I went out and visited Doc U, um, he, uh, we were in California just by uh, visiting family. And I went and I, I just went to, I mean, it was actually during the big freeze here in Texas. We were stuck out in California, had nothing to do. I, had, I hit him up and was like, hey, what, what are you working on? And he went over and he showed me his clinic. Um, it was pretty amazing. He was the first person to ever really diagnose my knee. Mm-hmm. And I remember when you were like uh, looking at me, and you're like, how bad is your range of motion? And then all of a sudden you got in there and you're like, I can't believe you can only bend your knee that far. Yeah, it, was, uh, it was like a roadblock, like a stop. So, and like a what and happened board. is uh, the papillite or papilliteus muscle uh, calcified. So, that calcifying of it, and then it started laying down osteophytes uh, in the joint. And so, that calcified, uh, you know, papilliteus muscle now acts like that doorstop. Mm-hmm. And so, he did like he, he had this like a uh, machine that was called like an Orthogold 100 where it sounded like a uh, a fucking hammer hitting a nail was like and it shoots sound waves. And he was trying to break up the osteophytes and the calcification in the, in the muscle on the back of my knee. So he did that. And I I go over and see Dr. Bob who does that once a week to me. And uh, then he did a bunch of these prolo injections trying to get it to like break up. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I need to go back out there and see him and try it again. But um, you know, the one I was like, well, man, if like, this is a known problem. So then I pulled up all this research. I'm like, oh, there's people that have had this before and have got it fixed. The problem is, is, uh, all the research is like in Asia, like in Korea and all these other places where they've actually fixed this. I can't, you know, like to find a surgeon to be able to go through the back of your knee and isn't, there's not too many people want to do that.
2: Yeah. That's where there is way too much risk. involved. involves yeah. all the vital structures that are going on back yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. So, do you think that there is a placebo component to all of this as well?
1: Uh, and does it
2: matter? Yeah, I mean, I I, I think there's placebo effect in everything,
1: um, but I also think uh, like the power of the mind is a pretty powerful thing. I think if people believe in something, you know, we see it with religion. We you know, you see it all, all the time where people have faith and they believe things happen. Um, I am too big a skeptic with this stuff to believe in anything. Like to the point where I'm like okay, I understand, but you have to be able to analyze this with like, okay, this is what I could do before, this is what I could do after, um, which is more of a functional kind of yardstick, mm-hmm. more so than the emotional yardstick of like, yeah, I feel better. Like, what does that mean? You know, and, I, and I'm sure you've run into that. You're like, oh, how you feeling? Oh, I feel great, okay, great. Well, uh, everything looks like shit, you know? So it's like, what's important? Yeah. Like, for me, it's like the function is important. Can I do something, but we're constantly, you know, Mm -hmm. testing ourselves like hey if uh, I can do X in the gym what does it look like am I able to do more today than I was yesterday how does that all look and because we have real metrics for 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 progress and this is what I could do this is what I can't and how this goes it allows you to see what's working what's not like hey if uh, if I took BPC 157 in my shoulder and I have more range of motion and I healed faster than I I did before, then could it be the difference? I don't know. Maybe I was more aggressive in the treatment. Having Keith Barr on the podcast where he talked about shear and load and compression and all these Mm -hmm. other different factors and kind of put a little game plan together, I think that's really helped.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely.
1: Uh, PNF stretching works. I mean, dude, you did a bunch of PNF on me. (laughs) That shit works for some reason for me because I've, I've met people that didn't get an effect from PNF. I get massive effect from PNF stretching like on my shoulder, like any resistance, it just fucking knocks it all back.
2: Yeah, I think, I think you, you brought up an interesting point about the emotionality component of it and understanding how you are actually measuring the outcome you're looking for, right? That that makes a really, really big difference uh, because if whatever you don't measure, you, you have no control against, right? You have no idea to know if you're actually getting better or not or if it is placebo. Um, but even the placebo effect is, is fascinating from a research standpoint because they've shown that it counts like 40% of people you know, emotionally feeling better and actually improving range of motion or flexibility and everything like that too because it changes the chemistry in the brain around and it changes your brain's perception of threat and what's going on. And that's why education is such a key component with all this stuff because the provider who's delivering you the information matters. Mm-hmm. Like if you trust and you have confidence in that individual, you're more likely to have a positive outcome. If you think he's full of shit and you're skeptical, that outcome goes down. Right, more like they have a negative response to it. So the person who's delivering it—that's the—that's their utmost responsibility and their role is to be able to have you trust them. And I tell people this all the time. I could be the worst PT out there, but my people get better that I work with because they believe in me and make them feel good about it. So you're the placebo. I'm the
0: placebo. Mm. Yeah, I'd like uh, uh, connecting both of those points yeah. with the PNF stretching. I had a when I was coaching at the high school challenge, connecting with the basketball team. Because they just wanted like uh, weightlifting machines versus learning how to squat cause, and bench. They weren't immediately good at those things. But then with the PNF, like some iron cross work, going back to some Marie's tricks and tools that, uh, that utilized PNF yeah, I'm stretching. so glad we don't do the iron cross uh-huh. That Then they were like that really uh, like open them up and you saw and felt. And then they eventually came around. It was almost a year before we really got into barbell work with that particular team. But then it was just like, I, I, was tell, I couldn't tell them enough. So then, fuck it, let's show them. And then went to the iron cross because uh, that hurts. And then, like, uh, plantar flexion, dorsiflexion, manipulating the, the calf. And then it was good for their team because, like, I wasn't doing it on all the kids, it was their teammate. That was in charge of like all right i'm gonna force dorsiflexion in here you're gonna hurt and then like set him free to really open up the calf the achilles the the hip the hamstring all that good stuff with an iron cross and then they got to switch roles and then it it, it accelerated camaraderie between freshmen and it was a small enough team where seniors and freshmen were were playing together and responsible for each other that uh man was it placebo but they eventually got more involved in the, the training, the weightlifting, and, um, you know, nothing to do with peptides, but just a cool placebo plus coach and buy-in. Yeah. Like one comment on that, like that, that PNF stuff, there's a lot of uh,
2: really cool effects from it. You mentioned a few of them there, um, one being the physiological effects, like working on the um, Golgi tendon organs and the muscle spindles in the body to, through PNF, which is proprioceptive neuromuscular facilitation, say that five times fast. What no. that does is it creates like um, a sense of safety and security inside the brain. So it, it, when the brain feels more safe and secure, it will open up more range of motion. That's what isometrics are really great at. They also release uh, an opioid response into the brain. So you get a nice little uh, dopamine hit as well, which once again, calms everything down, and makes you feel good. But you touched on the emotional component about it as well, which is, I think the most fascinating piece is that you establish buy-in, right? Brett Barbartholomew talks about it all the time with his uh, conscious coaching book of establishing buy-in. This is one way that I establish buy-in from a movement perspective. It's like, okay, I'm gonna take you through some of this PNF stuff. We're gonna put you into these loaded, isometric or eccentric ranges. You are gonna do it yourself. You don't need me. They're learning that in real time. And then they realize that they can change the way their body moves in an instant. Now, is it gonna stick? No, not necessarily, but they've established buying in me, they're confident in me, they trust me to help guide them along the way, and then it's also empowering for them to do it themselves and to keep doing it. So it develops this idea of willpower and determination and they're more likely to um, take this, what I have to tell them, to heart and actually implement it Mm. as well. A lot of cool features to it, Tex.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, nugget. Well, Well, if you're interested in peptides, find a knowledgeable person who can take you and uh, explain it to you. Uh, do a little bit of research. Look at the data and just find a, a, a smart person or a medical doctor or somebody who has a little bit of chops in this whole deal. Don't go all cowboy. Start listening to podcasts, ordering a bunch of shit off the Internet and injecting it. Just be smart and realize that uh, at the end of the day, there's no magic peptide to get your ass in shape. You're going to have to work out. You're going to have to eat. You're going to have to do all the things that we talk about on this podcast. All these are is just small little things to help and maybe fix a few things if, uh, if it's already been assessed, like if, but the only way you know that is if you're doing some form of blood work or you're doing some form of testing. So I recommend that, um, you know, if you wanna get granular, there's a lot of other things that I would look at before I started going down the, the road to peptides. So, um, but if you do have surgery and you're running into some problems, you can look at some of these healing things, which I think have, have yeah. some really good benefits. So if you got any more questions on it, you can hit, always hit us up on the hotline. And you can reach out to us on social media. And if you are anywhere listening to this podcast and feel the need to leave us a five-star review, smash it. Leave us a funny, power-esque, power-athlete-esque review. And if it's good, our boy Chauncey will read it. And uh, other than that, thank you for another episode of Power Athlete Radio.
2: Bye. Bye. Bye.
0: Now it's time for you to empower your performance.